What's up, guys? Welcome to No Regard, the number one basketball podcast in the world, because we say so. Today, I'm Vasay Mubin. I'm with my co-host. Hi, my name's Armin. Armin, how you doing? Uh, today's been pretty good. We woke up early for no reason, just tried to figure some no equipment out, new equipment out, uh, and that went pretty well. So we've got some a new camera for you. The quality should be better than the last few videos. Yep. Shout out to our boy, Clayton Favaza, for that. Um, so today we got a good show planned, I'd say. Um, we're going to start off talking about where Damian Lillard might end up. He's been in some recent trade discussions, some interesting topics there. Uh, we're going to then go into some questionable comments Shannon Sharp has made about Kobe Bryant's all-time ranking. And then, I mean, we got to talk about the most important thing going on in the world of basketball, which is the NBA Finals. So that's how we're going to – and then some trivia at the end for, for fun, for fun. Right. Um, but before we get into all that, we got some NBA news, like always, to start off. So, Army – Let's start off with this banger. After losing to Nigeria a few days ago, the men's U.S. basketball team suffers another embarrassing loss to Australia. Granted, it's only an exhibition game, but what do you make out of this? That's it's two losses in a row for Team USA. What do you make out of that? I have to say I am actually glad that the USA lost to Nigeria in their first exhibition game. Do you know why? Why are you glad? Do you remember what happened in 2012? No. What happened in 2012? In 2012. In the the Olympics? The U.S. team in the Olympics beat Nigeria by 83 points. (laughs) And that to me was very disrespectful to the country of Nigeria in general. So, yeah, um, I wasn't frustrated by that. Australia, on the other hand, they've got a few NBA players. They always do well against us. I don't know. This USA team just has insane talent. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't be losing <laughs> to these teams. Like on the Afri- on the Nigerian team, the only players I could think of like that were NBA players were like Josh Okogi, mm-hmm. FK Udo, Precious Achua. But then like other than that, I I don't know those guys on the Nigerian team. And I know they hit a lot of threes from the highlights that I saw. Yeah, I think they had 20 threes. Yeah, but it was random. It was random, and Precious Achua, he was talking his stuff. Did you see on social media? Yeah, he only had like three points. No, but that block on KD, he hit him with the, you're not that guy, pal. (laughs) Uh, But look, let me read some of the names of the roster of the Team USA team, okay? We have Bradley Beal, averaged 30 points a game this year. Kevin Durant, in my opinion, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Um, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Chris, I mean, uh, Jason Tatum. Come on, you you shouldn't be losing. I understand it takes time for these guys to gel because they're all used to being one of the top guys on their team. And now it's a different role because obviously this team is so so much talent on the team. You're not going to be that number one guy. And that just that's just how the the USA team works. I mean, there's not a number one guy. They play as a team. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to take some time. And at the end of the day, it was just exhibition games. But come on. They come were on. trying. They were. It's not like they weren't trying. Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit. It's embarrassing. But the good thing is because it's just exhibition games, now they know that they can be beat. So that puts 
that puts them in a good position because now they can't just take countries for granted. And so I think when, when the real games start up, this will actually be beneficial for them, even though everybody's shitting on them right now. It it will be beneficial for them when the real when the real games come around. Yeah, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, talent means a lot. But a team like Australia, what's interesting to me is that yeah, they do good every time we play them. I swear, Patty Mills turns into like a Hall of Famer every <laughs> time we play them. And then I know Joe Ingles probably did really well. I think he had like seventeen, was busting a few threes in the first half. Uh, I don't know what other they had Matisse Thybul and I didn't know that he was Australian. I didn't. He had that block on KD. I yeah. Remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. But at the end of the day, this team better be ready for the real games. Right, because they're not even like those Australia and Nigeria aren't even the most talked about right. FIBA teams. Yeah. Like, wait till they play Slovenia and Luka Doncic is on the team. Yeah, we'll be alright. Hopefully. Okay, on to the next piece of news. According to Evan Massey, the Los Angeles Lakers are the most likely destination for Carmelo Anthony. Army, do you like the mellow fit in L.A.? I do, and I always have. I always thought that that would be a good fit, mellow with LeBron and AD, because mellow is nowadays a really good transition shooter and um, kind of a guy that will get you a bucket. If you want to say it like this, he could be our polished version of Kyle Kuzma, mm. but he'll give you he'll give you a um, higher IQ offense than Kyle Kuzma. Uh, he's he's not a great defender because of his older age, but he's strong still, and and he'll give you a lot of offensive power if you're the Lakers. What role do you, you see him as a starter coming off the bench? What role do you? I see think him? he'll pr- he would probably come off the bench, mm-hmm. but. He'll give you probably almost 15 off the bench, which is which is nice for the Lakers, especially when they're lacking scoring ability in their starting lineup because oftentimes they do when people are struggling. No, I totally agree. I, I was skeptical last year when or the year before when uh, the Lakers were considering adding Melo. But, I mean, he's proven himself. He's av- He averaged 13 a game this year, solid. Um, only 42% from the or 43% from the field, not the best. But when he he shoots, uh, he also shoots almost forty one percent from three, which is a really good, amazing three point percentage. Um, so I'd rather have him than Kyle Kuzma. I'll tell you that he's more consistent than Kyle. He has more experience than Kyle. God, I love Carmelo's post game. I've always loved Carmelo's post game. I mean, um, but I, yeah, I see him as a guy coming off the bench, getting you buckets when when the offense is running slow what Kyle Kuzma was supposed to be for the Lakers. And and Kuz hits uh he he when he's on, he's on. But that's the problem. He's very inconsistent and 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 he's in like he said he was put in a very difficult role because some games, I mean, LeBron and AD were out this year and it was a difficult transition for him because sometimes you're asked to be the role player and then sometimes you're asked to be the guy that's going to get you over 20 a game. It, it's difficult for him, but because I expect LeBron and AD to be back and ready to go next season, I would rather have a guy like Carmelo Anthony. And I don't think he's going to take a huge amount of money either. I'd rather have a guy like Carmelo Anthony on that Lakers team um, to come off the bench and be your bucket getter off the bench. Yeah, I'm banking on the fact that he takes a veteran's minimum. That'd yeah, be great. That would be great. Next piece of news, Brett Seigel reports that the Knicks are interested in acquiring Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn. So, Army, 
how would Nunn and Robinson fit alongside Julius Randle? That wasn't even the question. Why do you even add Julius Randle well, <laughs> into I, the mix? Because Julius Randle's obviously going to be there on the Knicks. Okay, but okay, I think that they would fit well on the Knicks, both of those guys. Uh, I don't actually know the most about Kendrick Nunn. I just know that he's uh, he's one of the oldest young guys in the league. Like he's like twenty five or something, isn't he? And we still consider him yeah, like a young guy. Yeah. I don't know, but um, he's a bucket getter. He's pretty good. Uh, Duncan Robinson's obviously now a top 10, questionably top five shooter in the league. So uh, they'd be good additions to the Knicks, especially because they're coming from Miami and Miami has built that similar grid and grind culture that the Knicks already have. So, um, yeah, they'd be good fits, I think. What about you? No, I, I agree. Um, I think the Knicks needed like good shooters around Julius and that's what Duncan provides obviously he shot 41% from three this year hit uh three and a half threes a game um and obviously any team would love a sharpshooter like that so it, it just makes sense if you're the Knicks Kendrick Nunn I, I could see him coming off the bench getting you um being that second point guard off the bench um getting you some buckets um, I, I think they'd fit well in New York, especially I like Nunn because he, he I think he's pretty gritty as well. And he fits that New York system. And obviously, Duncan can shoot the lights out. I mean, one of the best shooters in the NBA, like you said. And what's so great about Duncan is that he's like he's tall. He's like six, seven. I don't know how tall he is, but he's really long. Most times we see sharpshooters that are similar like J.J. Redick size. But no, he's he he can shoot over people. Yeah, Jimmy Neutron is a very <laughs> he is he is tall. Um, and yeah, I mean Madison Madison Square Garden would embrace him. I think I think he's yeah he'd hit big shots. He'd hit big threes, and like I said, three and a half threes a game. That's fun to watch. Fun to watch uh, a guy hit threes at that rate. Um, next piece of news, Army. LeBron James says he hopes to finish his career with the Lakers. Uh, is this what you would like to see from LeBron, or uh, would you like to see him have one last final destination? I mean, I th- I think that we're all thinking the same thing at the end of the day. If we had our wishes granted, I'd love to see a final year signed in Cleveland. One last one last dance. Wouldn't in you? Wouldn't you? It would be fun. It would be fun. It like it complete my life, you know. Especially if they made it, if especially if they won a championship, like. Well, I don't think it's re- that. It's it, I mean, if you put a very good team around LeBron at his old age for his last season, I mean, anything's possible. But Cleveland was such an unlikely market for that good ass team to be built, so I don't think it could happen again. But, um, you don't think guys would want to come join up with LeBron for his last year and try to win it? Maybe vets, maybe veteran good players like but that happened in 2018 when D Rose and Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade and all of them were there and it just was not even close to enough true by the time LeBron I mean I'm assuming LeBron's gonna retire in three or four years is my assumption by the time that he's at that point I mean the vets are gonna be I mean the guys that are stars now are gonna be older and the new guys it's gonna be their league and nobody wants to yeah I mean not a lot of guys want to have their career in Cleveland so um but yeah no it would be it would be f- I don't think it, it's not realistic because like LeBron said he loves LA his family loves LA um 
it's just but it it would be a cool homecoming one last hurrah in cleveland um it, it would be a sight to see but it it's possible uh i don't know bryce bryce is not even in high school yet but bryce lebron's young, yeah, youngest son yeah bryce james but Bronny will be at that point in college or hopefully the nba so it's a possibility for him to move back to Cleveland, but he's built such a famous, like he he's his market is in L.A. now. Like he, his whole business is ran through L.A., and now he has his Space Jam movie, which just premiered in L.A. So I don't know. It's it would be really hard for him to get one more year moving back to Cleveland. True. When I think about LeBron in Cleveland. My mind always goes back. Uh, you'd think it'd go back to 2016 finals, but um, for me, it goes back to the 2018 playoff run. I mean, he was just so dominant that playoff run because he didn't have a great team around him. Uh, he he and he, he was shooting the ball really well. He put the team on his back. That was such such an underrated accomplishment in LeBron's career. People hate on that, saying the East was was not that strong. But yeah, you got to look at in 2018. But you got to look at the team LeBron had around him too. I mean, who's a, who's the second best player? I mean, Kevin Love, but he wasn't Kevin Love, but he wasn't playing well. Yeah, and then like it was yeah, probably Jeff Green. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Th- in the finals, it was probably Timofey Mozgov. No, oh, that was twenty fifteen. Sorry, yeah. uh, twenty eighteen. Like there wasn't many options. Probably Jeff Green. Yeah, I. L- I mean, that game one performance in the finals when LeBron had fifty one. It was it was a sight to see. I just. I remember those days. That's when I fell in love, fell in love with LeBron James. That's when I was like, that's the man I want to be with for the okay. rest of my life. All right. Okay. In what kind of way? Interpret it how you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's let's move on from that. I think there's nothing more to say. Um, Army. Damian Lillard. Let's get into that, huh? According to Anthony Slater of The Athletic, the Warriors have internally discussed trading for Damian Lillard. The Warriors, let me say that again, the Warriors have discussed trading for Damian Lillard. Uh, so if you're the Warriors, what will you be willing to give up for Damian? And um, and what do you like the Damian pairing in in Golden State? I, assume, I mean... Obviously, if you're the Warriors, you're not giving up Steph. You're not getting. You're not giving up Steph. So, what do you like that pairing in Golden State? Steph and Dame. Steph and Dame. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> it, that's it's really weird because of how much we compare the two. Um, they're both like the best deep range shooters in the league. They both love the ball in their hands a lot. They're both point guards, but they both could act as combo guards. Uh, I kind of feel like I like the pairing, pairing, which is weird. I don't think like Steph can play off the ball really, we- really well. I haven't seen yeah, Dame true. play off the ball much, so I don't know how he would be in that sense. But I don't know. I kind of do like it, but I don't like Dame fitting on the Warriors. I just like that Dame-Steph pairing. Oh, you d- but you you don't think Dame would be a good fit on the Warriors? They'd be really small if you started Dame on the Warriors. Defensive liability. Yeah. Two defensive liabilities. You've got uh, Steph 
In terms of size, yeah. Yeah, in terms of size. Steph is not a good defender. But he's... And he's not even... I don't think he's actually 6'3", like he's listed. And then there's Dame, who's probably 6'3". Clay is tall. Clay's like 6'7". Clay's a good defender. Clay's a great defender. But also Draymond's like 6'7". So that's still small. But that's the thing. You're going to have to give up one of Clay or Draymond. In the starting lineup? Or in this trade? In this trade. No, I think the proposed trade... It, what was that guy's name? Slater something? Um, the guy who r- reported it? Yeah. He didn't have a proposed trade. Well, I think in that article that I read about this. But yeah, Anthony Slater. Anthony Slater. It was Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman, and their contracts make up $40 million next year, and Dames makes up $39 million. No, so y- yes, go ahead. It was Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and next year the Warriors have the 7th and the 14th pick, which are two lottery picks. So it was those four things for Damian Lillard. No, I I know what which mock trade you're talking about, but I say they would have to give up either Draymond or Clay because there's no way in hell that the Blazers are trading Damian Lillard for Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. You think they would trade Damian Lillard for Damian Lillard for Andrew Wiggins? It's not straight up for Andrew Wiggins. No, I get it, but he's the main piece of that trade. I don't think James Wiseman was. The what third pick or fir- I like James what, Wiseman's what game. Pick was well, okay, pick. so hold on. Still, you're trading Damian Lillard for James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins. I, the Warriors. I mean the the Blazers. I don't think would go through with that. Not even. You have the seventh and fourteenth pick. Those are two lottery picks next year. You could trade up with two lottery picks also. So it's not even like that. Like also, Andrew Wiggins has unreachable potential we d- he just hasn't got it yet he just hasn't you unlocked still believe it. in him i, s- I still have some it's sort of belief late. in andrew Wiggins. and then james wiseman i believe will one day be an all-star center he's talented he's the next kevin garnett yeah that's a good comparison he's not even like a deandre aiden he's talented <laughs> you're saying deandre aiden's not talented uh maybe i was implying that <laughs> But he hit two jump shots last night. He he, did, I think it was more than two. And it was I saw two, but yeah, yeah, two or three, something like that. Uh, he did. That is true. But I no, I I saw the trade you're talking about. I honestly just just don't think it's a realistic possibility, because if I'm the Blazers, I am demanding either one of Draymond or Clay, because you're gonna need somebody else, um, besides James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins, to be honest. And I, I think Clay is the realistic possibility for this, to be honest, because we always say Draymond is is the he is the guy that glues the team together, right? So if you're the Warriors and you're replacing Clay with Damian Lillard, I mean if they can pull off this trade without giving up Clay, Draymond, or Steph, then props to them. I just don't think it's a real realistic possibility. So I'm gonna assume that the da- I mean that the um that the Warriors trade um I'm gonna assume the Warriors trade Draymond for um for Damian. Damn, that is some firepower offense for sure. Wait, wait. So I thought you just said that Clay was more of a realistic option. I do. I do. Okay, but you're just you're hypothetically I, just saying. I'm being hypothetical. Yeah, I do think 
Clutch. You know, actually, I tra- I changed my mind. I I think Draymond is more realistic possibility. I agree. Okay. Um. So yeah, so if you're the Warriors and you have Clay, um, Steph, and Damian, that is some firepower offense that can match the Nets' offense, in my opinion. I agree. Because and because it's not like the Warriors play an ISO style, get your own bucket type of style like the Nets do. The Warriors play together as a team and get open shots and move move without the ball and move the ball. It it's it it can match the off offense of the Nets. But when you look at the other side of the ball and you're asking Damian Lillard and Steph Curry to defend high level point guards because now you don't have clay to to put on those point guards one of them is going to have to defend a guard and typically in the playoffs the teams in the west have two good guards i i there's concern there there must be concern on the defensive end if this trade were to go through i just don't think it's if it goes through i don't think that a star will be included from the warrior side you think they could pull it off without giving a star? If I'm the Blazers, it's not out of mind for me because I don't think that the Trailblazers should go for another star at this point. Dame is a superstar, so it's unrealistic. Whoa, whoa, let's there's there's tears to this. Okay, Dame is a star. Dame's a star. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm in my personal opinion. No, I agree. Superstar is like LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, and KD. Yeah, yeah. okay. Like there's probably st- that. Steph, Steph, yeah, and and maybe yeah, and maybe, maybe James, J- James Harden, Harden yeah, too. Maybe. James Harden too. But coming it's up ex- on Luca, but yeah, Luca might be there already. He, it's an exclusive list. I don't think Dame is there yet. I actually agree, but um, I think that if the Trailblazers decide to let go of Damian Lillard, it needs to be for young pieces, and they need to rebuild. So this is a great trade if they're looking for young pieces. Because you're getting two lotteries and two potential great pieces. Can we stop talking about Andrew Wiggins like a great piece? That's it. I understand James Wiseman because he can grow into a great piece. Andrew Wiggins has reached his potential, okay? If he would have had any more room, he would have grown by now. He's been a very similar player. I'll, I'll agree. When he's hitting shots and... He ha- he has a good mid-range game, decent three-point shot. He's athletic, but he's not this great piece that you can build around like that le- that like we thought we could when he came into the league. He's not that guy. In 2015, who did they compare him to? LeBron, which was stupid. It <laughs> it was stupid, but it wasn't stupid at the time cuz he's a freak of nature athletically. He can shoot the basketball. We're just missing something. It might be work ethic. It might be failed ability to fit into systems. But I think Andrew Wiggins still has it in him. He just makes some boneheaded plays sometimes. Yeah. When you watch him, his stats aren't bad. When you, but when you actually watch him play, because I think he averages like 20 a game around, his stats aren't bad. But when you watch him play, no, you, you realize he's not a great player. He's a... Good. He's between good and average as a player. Okay? 
he's not a guy that you can build a team around like we thought he was. I guess we'll see. But, yeah, if I'm the Blazers, I'm not walking away from that trade. That doesn't frighten me. I think that those young pieces are very important and useful. And also, I don't think that giving up Clay or Draymond is a viable option for the Warriors. Clay, the Splash Brothers are the best backcourt that I've ever seen. Yeah. So. Buy us some time. Yeah, yeah, okay. So basically, compared in terms of talent, they might not be the best that I've ever seen, but the Splash Brothers work together like nothing I've ever seen. And then Draymond, yeah, I think he might be a little over-glorified for the Warriors, but just because when I've seen him without his superstars next to him, he's trash. <laughs> he's he's so bad. But, but um, when they're with him, when they're on the floor with him, he he's pretty great. So I don't think it's a viable option to give up superstars. And I would work with that trade, those four pieces with for Dan. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. On to the next topic, shall we? Might as well. Shannon Sharp claims that Kobe Bryant is not a top five player of all time. Because, quote, I don't know if we've ever had a guy rank top five with only uh with only one MVP, end quote. Army, is Shannon right? Um, no. I don't think he's right. <laughs> MVPs don't mean much. Like... Really? MVPs don't mean much? No, not... Especially nowadays, they don't mean much. They don't resemble who the best player in the world is. Kobe was probably the best player in the world for at least five years. But he was one-time MVP... I think he deserved one over Steve Nash the season that Kobe averaged like 36. And then Shaq deserved the other over Steve Nash. But the Phoenix Suns did really great, so I'm not taking away from Steve Nash. But, um, yeah, MVPs don't mean much to me. The guy has five rings, two of them coming without another superstar at hand. Uh, I think that Kobe Bryant's a top five player ever. List your top five. All right. It's it's hard. It's It's really difficult for me. Because it could, like, mix around with other guys. And the top ten for me is so difficult. It's but I'll give difficult. you five. Yeah, go. I'll give you five. Yep. 1A, 1B. Oh, come on. LeBron and Mike. But, I mean, if I have to in terms of greatest, Michael Jordan's probably the greatest player of all time. I hope LeBron ends as the greatest, but Mike is the greatest ever right now. Before we, Before you name the others, what does LeBron have to do to be the greatest of all time? He has to win another ring. That's it for me. He has to win another Just ring. Just one more and he's the greatest ever? Five five is enough for me because he's also been to, currently, he's been to 10 championships. I think 10. So, five, yeah. yeah, four for 10. I find it so impressive. People use that against him, which bothers me so much. How many finals has he been the favorite in out of his 10? One, I think. One or two. No, he's been the favorite in four. But he's actually won four. They weren't the ones that he won, but he's won four. Michael was the favorite out of six out of his six championships. So it's not surprising to me. Like, I think it's just insanely impressive the fact that LeBron's even been there ten times. And people take that away from him. So if he wins one more, five for 11, 
you're nearing 50% on championship wins. Um, yeah, I'd consider him the greatest ever. But right now, it's Michael, LeBron, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I have Kareem there uh, nearly purely based off accolades and talent because he was so dominant at his time. He was. But lately, I've been questioning Kareem at three. Why? Because recently I saw a clip of an old weight Will Chamberlain versus Kareem. And old Will Chamberlain, like... He busted him? Like, not busted him. It was a fairly even match. But he was blocking the skyhook. He was blocking the skyhook? Yeah, yeah. It was a goaltend probably, but mm. but they didn't care at that time. There was, yeah, you c- there wasn't goaltending called at that time. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was really entertaining. Well... No, it wasn't. I wouldn't <laughs> watch it now, but but it was cool to see the two mountains clash. Um, at four, I have Kobe Bryant, and a lot I didn't used to have Kobe Bryant, but I purely base Kobe off the eye test because I think he might be the one of, the, if not the most talented player to play basketball. Really, because I think he's more talented than MJ. Really? Yeah, I think MJ's just more athletic. And I hate to say it, but maybe had a little easier competition than Kobe. Mm. Kobe's defensive era is the roughest, I think. I the, disagree. The early 2000s, I think, was very difficult. Um, But, yeah, I have Kobe at four based off the eye test. The fact that he has five rings. Uh, and those rings were... Big rings. I mean, the first three was Shaq. Yeah, obviously super dominant. Shaq was probably the best player in the world at that time. So uh, I'm not taking those away from him. I'm just saying that they weren't the most difficult. And then his fourth and fifth rings mean a lot to mm-hmm. me. Especially that fifth one. That fifth one, 2010 against Boston, is one of the greatest championships ever. So, yeah. Um, I then have Larry Bird at five. Oh, Larry at five. Talk mm-hmm. about that. Uh, Larry, I believe, is better than Magic Johnson was. He might have not been in terms of accolades because Magic had five, but Magic also has the person that I listed at three on this list on his team. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I have Larry as better than Magic. I think he was better at everything than Magic besides playmaking. Obviously besides passing. Obviously, besides passing, but Larry was also a great passer. So it's hard for me to say that Magic was better than Larry. Uh, maybe in modern day NBA, um, Magic would be a better defender, but Larry was a great defender in that era. So um, that's why I have Larry at five instead of Magic, or yeah, because I think I think even Larry would be very dominant in today's era too. Yeah. Okay, so you have. Magic, LeBron, Kareem. No, no, Michael. I mean, yeah, sorry. Michael, <laughs> LeBron, Kareem, <laughs> um, Kobe, and Larry. Okay, fair enough. I have to pee really bad. Um, okay. So, Shannon Sharp is wrong. Let's just start off by that. That um, Kobe Bryant is a top five player of all time. I just want to get that out of the way. Um I wonder what his top five is. I didn't watch the whole clip of what he said. I just saw the quote, so maybe he gave his top five. But to not put Kobe Bryant in your top five players of all time, are you serious? Are you actually serious? Yeah, he only has one MVP. 
But like you said, he averaged 35 a game, and he didn't win MVP one year. He dominated. Like, he, 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 come on. If you watch the guy play, and you don't have him a top five player of all time, I don't know if you actually watch the guy play. I, I Like, who's better than Kobe Bryant besides I, – because I, I agree with the your first your first three. I don't know who's better than him. Yeah, five championships. Five championships, one MVP. I don't know how many all-star appearances. Probably like 15. Yeah, at least. He at played least, 20 years. Yeah, 15, probably probably more. Probably like 18. Yeah. I don't know. Um, But just the culture of what he brought to L.A., brought to the world – I mean, he was missed so much. R.I.P. Kobe. Um, it had like it had a huge impact on a lot of people, and not a lot of athletes could do that. I mean, I cried. I cried when. And let me be frank: neither of us were Kobe Bryant fans. Yeah. If anything, I I would say I didn't like Kobe Bryant. I just had an insane amount of respect. Yeah. For Kobe Bryant, it was unanimous by NBA players that Kobe Bryant was the hardest worker in the room at all times. Mm-hmm. So you have to respect that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So Shannon Sharp, you're wrong. Um, but my here's my top five. Here's my top five. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. I love LeBron. Michael Jordan's the best, the greatest of all time. He's got six championships, dominated the league. Six championships in, in what, 15 years he played, right? Yeah, including Wizards years. So that time span, he has dominated the league. And granted, yes, he never played the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant or even without Kevin Durant when they went 73-9. and He's always been the upper upper dog, if that's a term, in the finals. But that's the thing. He was was advantaged because he was the greatest greatest, um, player in the world of all time. That's that's Mike. was that two guys kissing on your computer? No. What was that? <laughs> what was that playing? I don't know. What I swear on. that's what I just saw on your laptop. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> um, look. <laughs> um, so Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time. LeBron James is number two of all time. Four championships right now. I think he'll probably end with around five. Every team he's been to has won. He dominates the game in in a way that we haven't seen before him. One of the best passers of all time can also get you 30 points a game. Averages 27 for his career. Second best player of all time. Kobe, I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I agree, is number three of all time. Um, like you said, uh, I mean, just the stats that he put up as well. He played 20 years, I think. Yeah, he played 20 years in the NBA. Five championships. Dominated the league while he was in there. Skyhook, unstoppable move. Kobe Bryant is the fourth best player of all time. I completely agree with you on that. Like I said earlier, Kobe is just unreal. Kobe is just unreal. The impact that he had on the world, on the game of basketball, the amount of skill and talent and footwork and work that he put into his game, to not have him in your top five is outrageous. Number five is why I disagree with you. Number five, I have Magic Johnson, number five. And I understand your point of view with Larry Bird. He is a great player as well. Great shooter, great scorer. Um, played an entire game with his left hand and had 47 points. <laughs> um, but here's my thing. I, I don't blame you for putting Larry in your top five. I'm not going to disagree with you. But I just have Magic one ahead. Just because 
I I was looking at Magic and when I watch his highlights, he's a f- not just because he's fun to watch, but five championships. And like you said, he did have you know a top five player of all time on his team with Kareem when he won all five of those. But it's not like Kareem like carried the team and Magic was just there along for the ride. Magic his rookie year stepped in in a in the finals because Kareem got injured. I think it was a game six. Closed out the series. He played center that game and had forty points. I love to bring that up. I know you don't like. I know you don't like when I bring that up because it was just one game. But the guy was a six nine point guard who has the highest career average in assists ever. Listen to this. Listen to this, Army. Magic Johnson. <laughs> Magic Johnson had twenty or more assists thirty two times in a game. Is that a record? Actually, it's not. It's actually, it's actually John Stockton has the record. How many does he have? He has thirty-eight games with over twenty assists. Mm. To be fair, John played twenty years. Magic couldn't keep his wife in place. Stop. Stop. Sorry, but he got HIV pretty quickly. So. Okay. Um. One woman at a time, buddy. Stop. <laughs> Come on, you can't say that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Magic. Um, look, he won final. You know, he won finals MVP his rookie year. <laughs> That's insanely impressive. I will say he is the fifth best player of all time. And I understand Larry. Larry ha- probably had better numbers because he averaged more points. He was a better scorer. Magic averaged 11 points. A g- I mean, 11, <laughs> 11 assists a game throughout his career. Um, he, ha- he leads the NBA in, um, in, uh, it will, well, he has the highest average um, of assists per game in the playoffs at 14 assists per game in the playoffs. <sighs> and the impact that he's had. And we talk about Kobe's impact. Uh, and it was a joint effort between Magic and Larry. But they both had a huge impact at the time when they came into the league and sort of dominated the NBA the way that they did. Um, yeah, so Magic's my fifth best player. But, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's it's fair to say. Like, I don't. I'm not going to disagree with you just like you didn't disagree with me. During the 80s and so forth, they called them the basketball gods. Like, it was just the two of them. So, it doesn't really matter to me who's fifth. One of them's fifth. One of them's fifth. But we both agree Kobe is in our top five. Yeah, I do. I think it's outrageous to not put him in your top five. Just based on if you watched basketball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one one other thing, I also think it's outrageous to not have LeBron or Michael at your one or two. I think that's outrageous. So I don't know if you have seen this clip, but in 2011, when Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless were still on the show together. On first take. Yeah. Neither of them. Our competition. Yeah, our competition. They're, yeah, our viewership's similar. But. <laughs> yeah. Neither of. Why did you say yeah like that? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, first take 2011. Skip Bayless nor Stephen A. Smith had LeBron James in their top five players in the world. Well, that was before he had won a championship. I don't care. Do you, Do you see the? Pr- oh wait, in the world or in, of all time? In the world, right then. In oh. the world, then. Oh, okay. They didn't have well, okay, neither no, of them. No, no, but it was before he won a championship. I know what you're talking about. And that's because it was right after the Dallas collapse in 2011. So everybody was dogging on LeBron. 
Yeah, but it's crazy to call him not top five in the world. Their lists were like, Dwayne Wade was the best. Dirk was up there. Carmelo was up there. But it's so, that's so, like, I understand Skip Bayless. He's the worst analyst in sports. (laughs) He's, no, no, he's entertaining. He's entertaining. But he's the worst analyst in sports. I would say Colin Coward. Really? Sometimes he has not bad. His analogies are hysterical. He he's he had it doesn't have terrible takes sometimes. Okay, go ahead though. Go but ahead. um, I think that that's crazy. Yeah, that's all, that all I was gonna say. Yeah. Say? Okay. Because <laughs> the next season he won regular season MVP, the wow. championship, and Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. So I think that yeah, that was one of his best seasons. Um, twenty twelve probably his most dominant season. Or uh, maybe 2013, 2013, 2013 probably. Um, yeah, okay. So, I I agree that is preposterous. But I understand they're just prisoners of the moment at the time. A- and Skip obviously just hates LeBron all the time. But Stephen A, Stephen A has LeBron number two on his all-time, which I agree with. Uh, okay. But that that's enough. Let's move on, shall we? Army. Ready for the big show? Game well. three of the 2021 NBA Finals. I- oh, sorry. In game three of the 2021, the Milwaukee Bucks took down the Phoenix Suns 120 to 100. Giannis had 41 points, 13 rebounds, and six assists. He joined Shaq as the only player to have 40 points and 10 rebounds in back to back finals games. With that said, Army, the Bucks' dominant, per- dominant performance in game three. Army, who's winning Game Four of this series? Uh, probably the Bucks. Um, it's in Milwaukee. They just proved that they love to perform in Milwaukee. It'll be hard for them to win a road game, considering how wild Phoenix has been. But Phoenix is wild. Um, I think Milwaukee will win Game Four. They figured a lot of stuff out. It seemed like, which was nice to see, defensively specifically, but then also. The role players decided to step up a little. Drew did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris wasn't prime Michael Jordan, but he wasn't Kyle Kuzma either, which doesn't happen very often. That is true. Doesn't what, did, what were his stats? Chris had 18. On what? Chris had 18 points on 6 for 14 shooting. Yeah, that's not terrible. And it's not great either, which was hard to see for Chris. Yeah, I mean, usually he's either the greatest player of all time or a Shanghai Shark. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. That is for sure. Um, so I think the Bucks will take game four. Then Monty Williams will think something through. And in game five, it'll be a hell of a match. So you mentioned that they figured something out defensively. I would say that there's room for improvement still on the defensive schemes. When I was watching the game... And they they did a pick and roll with DeAndre Aiden, the one five pick and roll. Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden. The Milwaukee Bucks would switch that pick and roll, which would put either Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton on DeAndre Aiden. If you're gonna con- continue to do that, it's not gonna look good. It's not gonna look good for the Bucks. DeAndre Aiden is a guy that's gonna get you a bucket if he has a guy like if he has a guy of the size of Drew Holiday on him. Let's just be real. Um. So I, I do think there's room for improvement on that end. And I get Chris Paul is the pick-and-roll master. He knows every read. He knows what to do. But switching the pick-and-roll is not the answer is not the answer with 
I- in my opinion, on that defensive scheme. And I'm not NBA head coach Mike Budenholzer, but I I can tell you from watching that, I do think if they continue to switch that pick and roll, Chris Paul is going to go at it. But what I love to see – so the first half, they were attacking that. Of game three. Yeah. yeah, of game three, they were attacking that pick and roll. I saw a lot of Pat Connaughton. I saw a lot of Drew Holiday getting switched on to DeAndre Aiden. And Chris Paul attacked Giannis a few times while they got that switch, which was interesting to me. I mean, he attacks whoever he wants, to be fair. His mid-range is unstoppable. Yeah, I don't know how he creates that separation. But, yeah, it's unstoppable. Anyway, um, it was a, a big difference between the first and second half. They still had the switch, but when DeAndre Aiden got the ball, it was a collapse in the paint. And he doesn't really know what he's doing fully yet. So he would just throw it to the first person he saw outside. No, I'm not trying to be mean, but uh, the first person he saw outside the perimeter, he'd throw the ball to. Yeah. Um, so, look, I predicted when the, when, when the Bucks were down 2-0, I predicted the Bucks are going to win the next two games to tie this series at 2-2. Two two. They've come through halfway. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to finish that prediction and going to tie the series 2-2 two two after Game 4. A lot of people say, hey, look, what happened in Game 3, DeAndre Aiden got in foul trouble. Giannis could take advantage of that because he could just drive to the rim. Also, Devin Booker didn't get it going. Um, he, he only shot 3 for 14, only had 10 points. They say, that's not going to happen in Game 4. The Bucks are gonna Bucks are going to lose. That's what the Suns fans are saying. Here's what here's what I'm saying. Jay Crowder, I don't think is going to shoot six for seven from three again. Um, Chris Middleton, he uh, oh by the way, like you said, Chris Middleton, I thought he he hit timely shots, which was a big deal. He hit timely shots for the Bucks, um, but he is capable of scoring more than eighteen points eighteen points in the game. Drew Holiday is capable of scoring more than twenty one points in the game. Well, I'd I would settle with twenty one if I'm like that's No, it's a good, good it's a good. It's good. I'm not saying it's not but I'm saying it's ca- he's capable of doing more for the team. Um, I, I guess. No, he played really well. He hit five threes. He's played really well. I'm just saying I he can do he can replicate this performance and possibly do more in a game four, especially at home. Giannis, we know he's going to be dominant. We know that's what that's what he's there for. But will he give you? Because because I saw a crazy stat just I think yesterday that was talking about the fact that Giannis in the three playoff three finals games that he's played has more forty point games than like a list of superstars. Yeah, that was so stupid though because yeah yeah sure but I'm he has more forty point games than them but Giannis has two forty point games that just proves that those guys. Haven't had forty point games. I'm sure a bunch of them have thirty nine point games. I I just think that's kind of stupid. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, but Giannis, we know he's he might not get you forty again, but he's gonna you know be high thirties probably, high to low thirties. Um, PJ Tucker, if he can, he had some great offensive rebounds that game. He hit some big threes that game as well, or he had one big three, I guess. Um, but it um he played really well. I thought he had some yeah good offensive rebounds. Um, I I think that it's very possible that the Bucks could, um, replicate a similar performance and possibly even perform better with Chris Middleton stepping up a little bit more. Um, because we we know he is capable of going off and getting you thirty five a game. It's just a matter of 
of him hitting those shots or not. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to tie the series, but this game is going to be one of the closest games of the series. Game four is going to be the closest game of the series um, that we've seen so far. This is going to be a dog fight. Devin Booker is not one. He's not. He's not a guy that's going to have two bad shooting games in a row. He hasn't done it so far in the playoffs, and I don't think it's going to happen again tonight. Chris Paul, we know we know what he's about. He's going to hit those mid-range shots. He's going to make some great reads on the pick and roll. He's going to make some great passes. He's going to lead the offense, control the pace. But at the end of the day, it's going to be it's it's going to be a dogfight. And I believe that the Bucks' home crowd and their role players are going to step up and they're going to get it done in game four. The Bucks have, yeah, the Bucks have dogs. Bucks I mean, have dogs. I mean, I guess the Suns have Jay Crowder. Crowder, Crowder, yeah. And who else do they have that's a killer? Not, they not have the Salmon, Mikel Bridges. Oh, yeah, he does look like a Salmon. We were talking about that in game three. No, no, I really like the guy, and he's a really good player. Well, he's got a strap, but yeah, yeah, he looks like a Salmon. But I, I'm not trying to say he's bad looking. He's cute or whatever, but... <laughs> but no, he he does definitely look like a salmon. But other yeah, okay. Off topic. Um <laughs> the, the Bucks the Bucks do have dogs. Uh PJ Tucker's the, the clear cut dog. Yeah. Pat Connaughton is a hustle guy. He can hit them hit he can hit some threes too. <laughs> Pat he does hit threes. But I don't know. It seems like he shoots a lot of threes. But really? but because he gets a lot of open looks. I don't know, but anyway. He had um, two threes in game three. He's he only took four. But he's their hustle guy, Pat Connaughton. And then also they have Drew Holiday, who's a dog. Great defender. So, yeah, it's it's good to see. the If it's a dog fight, the Bucks will win. Chris Paul's a killer, but but I'd, I'd, I'd like to say that the Bucks uh, are more about it. I think the game is going to be within seven point a seven-point difference. Probably, and I'm not going to bet against Chris Middleton in clutch time because he's one of the clutchest players in the NBA. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, with that said, so we both have the Bucks winning game four. With that said, who's winning the series, though? The Suns. Suns. Suns are winning the NBA Finals in how many games? I just, it's... So, okay, so it goes back to Phoenix, then back to Milwaukee, then back to Phoenix? Yeah, game seven will be in Phoenix. Okay. If there is a game seven. Mm-hmm. All right. Then I think, oh, wow, this is hard to say. Suns in, Suns in seven. No, Suns in six. Whoa. Yeah, I think six. the Suns would go back to back Phoenix and then end it in Milwaukee. So you think the Bucks are going to win two in a row and then the Suns are going to win two in a row? I don't know, but I think the Suns will win the series. Even though I I want the Bucks to win, yeah, I I found myself voting for the Bucks, even though I expected to vote for Chris Paul. Oh yeah, I'm rooting for the Bucks entirely. I mean, I don't really have a good. Re- I just like Giannis, great personality, funny guy, and he's been imposing his will, which is great to see. We don't see that much right. nowadays because right. he's young too. But yeah, he is young. He's only 26 years old, but he's dominated the past two games, and he hasn't been. I mean, in Game Three, he started taking a little bit more jump shots, but I don't, he he took a few, not that many, but I think he took three or four. Um, but he's just been imposing his will on the Buck. I mean, on the on the Suns, and that's what I love to see. He's not a jump shot guy. I mean, don't take those shots. He can get to the rim if he wants to. Just keep on going at that. Um, 
and and what he's doing with his uh knee his hyperextended knee very impressive <laughs> he was supposed to be out a whole year or they said he could be out for a whole year and he has came back within a few weeks or not even that and has been dominating the finals so i'm rooting for Giannis, but at the end of the day the phoenix suns are going to win this series in seven games you were you were saying no, the Bucks. Yeah, no. In the beginning of the series, I took Bucks in seven. I've changed my mind. Even though I do believe the Bucks are going to tie the series tonight or um, tomorrow night in game four, the Suns are going to win it in seven games, unfortunately. Okay. So I've got probably six games. You got seven. And I don't mind. Yeah, correct. I don't mind the Suns winning because, I mean, Chris Paul, I have a lot of respect for him. He's a dog, too. We forgot to mention that. Yeah, Chris Paul's a dog, too. Um, obviously, he'll be a top five point guard of all time. Um, I, I got a lot of respect for him. I've always loved his game. Um, yeah, Sun, Suns in seven. Yeah, I think Chris Paul, I mean, I'd love to see him hold up a championship trophy. D- just at the same time, though, I, I love a lot of the guys on the Bucks. You can vouch for the fact I've liked Chris Middleton for three or four years now. I liked Giannis. I'd like to say I liked Giannis since his rookie year. And no one, like, and people think that I'm lying when I say that, but he was in my Instagram bio in 2014 <laughs> when he was putting up seven points a game. So, no, yeah, I am a Giannis fan for sure. And you love DeAndre in. He's growing on me a little bit. Oh, actually? not. No, I don't like him still, but he, his game is growing on me a little bit. I'm seeing that he's a little more talented than I thought he was just because he finishes whenever he's close to the rim. What do you mean finishes? He all, he shoots like 70%. Oh, for in, ba- in terms of basketball. He shoots <laughs> like seventy percent uh around the rim. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Okay. Um should uh, Yeah, okay. Uh so yeah, awkward. let's um let's wrap it up then, huh? Good episode. Trivia. Trivia? Should we do trivia? Let's what get some trivia. We no, we're at fifty five minutes. That's no, that's let's just long. get a quick trivia in. Okay. Because well, they like come trivia. On, quick one, quick one. Come on. Pull it up. Three for three? Yeah, we'll do three questions. Each person, whoever wins, is the no regard champion of trivia for the for the episode. Maybe we'll change next episode. Okay, ready? Yeah. Let's do it. What player spent his entire career with the Pistons, scored over sixteen thousand points, and recorded over thirteen hundred steals? Isaiah Thomas. Joe Dumars. Oh wait. Oh, yeah. Didn't Isaiah go somewhere at the end of his career? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Joe Dumars. So, I'm wrong on that. 0 for 1. Yep. Bless you. Sorry about that, guys. Misconvenience. Um, what player is over 7 feet tall? And no, that's too easy. Which player almost quit basketball to become a garbage man? but went on to win three NBA championships and MVPs. Did not know uh, Oh, oh, uh, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Larry Bird. What? Three championships and three MVPs. Oh, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't even think about three MVPs. But he was a garbage man? I knew Dennis was no, a no, janitor. No, he, he no, he was going to quit basketball to become a garbage what man. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I knew Dennis yeah, was a uh, janitor, so I thought, him. yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, 
Let's see. Which musical artist sold his ownership share in the Brooklyn Nets in 2013? Jay-Z. Yeah. Okay. You were one for three. One for three. Okay. All right. Um. Oh, this was this is going to be a hard one. Uh, okay. You ready? I guess. Which two players shared Rookie of the Year honors in 1999 to 2000 season? Two players. What? Yeah. They're both. I don't think you're going to get this. But think about who was good in that era, early 2000. Okay, I think the first pick in the 2000 draft was Kenyon Martin. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to say, what the heck? Okay, I'm going to say v- Vince and... Okay. It's a hard one. Kenyon Martin. No. Steve Francis and Elton Brand. Why would I know that? I, that d- was I don't know. St- okay. I don't know. Um, okay, this is... You want another hard one? <laughs> sure, I guess. I don't think you're going to get this. Um, so, 1983. Think of that year. 1983. <laughs> Why? Okay. All Who right. was the first overall pick in the 1983 draft? I'll give you a hint. He was a rocket. He was a rocket. At some point in his career? Um, Yeah. I uh, for, for his for his primary his team. prime years w- were on the Rockets. This is stupid. Uh, it w- it's not Hakeem. That was eighty four, or eighty six or something. Um, his prime years were on the Rockets. Uh, another hint. No, that was a good one. Yeah, uh, he's a big. He's a big. Come on, you got you got an answer. Don't have all day. I don't know. Ralph Sampson. Okay, he's like seven four. You should have just said okay. He was not that big. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, Dwayne Wade spent most of his career with the Miami Heat. What is the first team he signed with when he left briefly? The Bulls. Yes, correct. Okay, so one for three. One for three. Guys, tie tie, we tied. Um, thank you so much for listening to the No Regard podcast. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, turn on channel notifications. For more information about the podcast, go to noregardmedia.godaddysites.com. Um, and he's so, uh, we're on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, obviously TikTok, your favorite. Um, at No Regard Media is our handle for all those social media platforms. Once again, at No Regard Media. Army, any last words? Yeah, if you guys want us to address any questions, you can just comment them on one of our social medias or email us or anything you want to, and we'll, we'll maybe shout you out or something. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to No Regard, the number one bas- basketball podcast in the world, because we say so. Peace.